Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Benjamin Franklin Gates, you are undertaking the duty of the family Gates to find the most spectacular treasure in history. It grew throughout the ages and moved across continents until it was hidden by America's founding fathers who left clues to the treasure's location right before our eyes. The unfinished pyramid, the all-seeing eye, are telling us something. Keeping this treasure safe, Benjamin, is your destiny. You're treasure hunters, aren't you? We're more like treasure protectors. All his life... Benjamin Gates has searched for a treasure no one believed existed. Don't you get it, Ben? The treasure is a myth. Dad, I refuse to believe that. But what he thought was the final clue... 108 years of searching and I'm three feet away. ...is only the beginning. The Declaration of Independence. You think there is a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence? The map is invisible. Why would we make this up? Where is your proof? We don't have it. Get down! Did Bigfoot take it? Word about the map is bound to get out. Ian's gonna try to steal it. 90 seconds. The only way to protect the declaration is to steal it. What? I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Ben? From producer Jerry Bruckheimer and director John Turtletaub. It is surrounded by guards and video monitors and little kids on their eighth grade field trip. You will go to prison, you know that, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, go! Get out of there. Get out of there now. He's got the bloody map. The clues of ten generations. There's more to the riddle. We'll reveal a mystery 20 centuries in the making. Who wants to go down the creepy tunnel inside the tomb first? Ah! Tell me what the next clue is. What do you see? Nicholas Cage. National Treasure. Yeah, who's seen National Treasure? Come on. If you haven't seen this, I'm... Dude, I don't even care if I ruin the movie for you. You're like old or something, all right? Older than Derek, who I guess, you still at 12 years old, you can hurt yourself on a bike. But um, anyway, you know, this week I was praying, I was getting today's message ready, and one of the things that I was really thinking about was, um, this was not the movie, you even saw in the little primo that we had, this was not the one. We were actually going to look at Boy in the Striped Pajamas today, which is another one of my favorite, but it's so heavy, and, and as I was praying, for you, I was going, the last thing that we need, you can turn this down just a hair, the last thing that we need as a church is more heavy in our world right now. So, everybody okay with something just maybe a little lighter today? Is that okay with you? Alright, come on, yeah. So... I put myself in your shoes and I'm like, what is it that we can speak? And so it's the same message that we were going to use. And I was sitting there all week like, going, man, you know what? It doesn't even matter about the movie. It matters about the scripture in which we use. We just have fun with the movies to teach God's principles. And so we're going to do that today. If you've never seen the movie Boy in the Striped Pajamas, it's good. But watch it like in 2021, okay? Don't watch it in 2020, all right? So uh, we'll stick with that. How, how, 
Okay, so you've seen number one. How many have seen number two, National Treasure 2? Okay, now how many are as nerdy as I, and you have just a little bit of a man crush on Nicolas Cage? Anybody? Or just me? Okay. So I love all his movies. Some of you I know don't like him, and we forgive you because you're wrong. And uh, my wife doesn't like his movies either. I just, I think, he, like Face Off, Con Air, you remember those from the 90s? I mean, I just, I fell in love with Nicolas Cage. The Rock? Come on, The Rock, Sean Connery? I mean, come on, man, you know? Um, he's, he's awesome. Awesome. And so I've come to be a lover of Nicolas Cage movies up until like, you know, 10 years ago when they all suck now. Um, so um, don't worry, we say suck in this church. And so um, that word just stinks sometimes. And so what, what I want to say, though, is unpack this movie a little bit for the three of you that haven't seen it. And, and so for those that haven't, uh, let's just say once you watch the first one, you're like, oh, man. And then you watch the second one. And how many of you are as nerdy as me where you're going, come on, when's the third one happening? Yeah, come on, a few of you. I'm like, come on, man. I just, I want to see it. And I, I don't know. I think it's a pie in the sky kind of dream. I don't know that it'll ever happen. So we got to be grateful with one and two. And we're as nerdy as a family. And Lake Lake Sullivan and number two, we even went to. It's in South Dakota, and and we've looked at it all. I've I've looked at it all. I love it. A lot of what happens in here. You can even bring this down a little bit further. I'm still pretty hot. Um, that's what my wife says anyway. Yeah. Uh, you were thinking it, so I had to say it. I got to be on top of my game here, okay? So, just a little recap of, of the movie is that Gates, uh, is Benjamin Gates, who is Nicolas Cage character, their family had been after this Knights Templar treasure for a long time, and they're continuing to look for it, and him and his dad, they kind of have a falling out because his dad's going, I don't even know that this is real, and, you know, they're following clues, and they follow one clue, and it's to this old ship that's in the Arctic Circle, and it's completely surrounded in ice, and, and him and this other bad guy, because you got to have a bad guy, you know, they show up, and the bad guy realizes he goes the only way for me to find the next clues I've got to steal the declaration of independence I've got to steal the declaration and so he goes to steal it and Benjamin Gates goes whoa whoa time out time out he goes we got to stop this from happening and so he he like goes to the FBI he goes to CIA he goes to you, you know all, all the Homeland Security all of them going hey whoa there's this guy that's going to steal the declaration you got to deal with it now we love Hollywood sometimes and, and uh, you know of course comes up with the whole plot because if he doesn't steal it then the bad guy is going to steal it. So though he looks like the bad guy stealing it, he's not the bad guy stealing it because he's stealing it to keep the bad guy from stealing it. So, and it's and one of my favorite quotes is when Nicolas Cage in the movie, he goes, it's backwards, okay? It's backwards. I, just, I love Nicolas Cage. It's backwards. By the way, just while we're doing imitations here for a moment, how many have ever seen Face Off, you sinners with me? Okay, and so in Face Off, it's a horrible movie, man. It's, I love that movie. And Face Off, one of the crazy parts in that movie, and one of my favorite things that Nicolas Cage says up in John Travolta's face, I mean, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage in the same movie, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. He just goes, it's like looking in a mirror, but not. Alright, so anyway, I just had to do it. Okay, so, so many times, though, so in the movie, it's backwards. He's got to steal it, but he's being the good guy, and here's where I want to get to today, is I think sometimes in our lives... God's ways are backwards to us. They really are. And, and for me too. And I think God's ways, they're better. They're bigger than our ways. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful. Because <laughs> I tell you what, if God did it my way all the time, it'd be over. You know? And so God's got this perfect plan that we don't always see. He's got the perfect plot. He's got the perfect characters involved. He sees the beginning. He sees the middle. He sees the end. He, 
believe it or not, 2020 was not a surprise to God. Okay, it might have been to all of us in this room, but to him it wasn't. He was he was ready and prepared for it because God's ways are higher than our ways. Okay, this is what it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 8 and 9. And uh, this is the prophet, he's talking to the Israelites, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Come on, we all know what we think about from time to time. Aren't you glad that God's not on our level, but a different one? You know, and, and He doesn't judge us. He doesn't condemn us. He loves us. And He's offered a solution to our mind and our issues. And we'll talk about that here as we unpack this. But I think we run into issues when we want God to conform to our ways. Or we want Him to do it our way all the time. I'll give you a great example. Does anyone know what I mean when I say the God card? Okay, let me just unpack that. If, if you don't know what I mean, the God card. This is where if I'm counseling somebody or I'm meeting with somebody or I'm talking with somebody or, or you come up with me and we're in conversation and you play, this, this is the card in a game of cards that trumps all cards. It's the God card. You, there's no greater card in a conversation than the God card. Here's how the God card gets played. Somebody in conversation will say, and maybe you've done it, I'm sure I have, where we go, well, God told me, fill in the blank. But what can that other person, even if you're a pastor, say? I can't trump that card. So even if you believe what God told you to be true but doesn't match with Scripture, you played the God card, even if you're wrong and doing it your own way and not His way. Uh Uh-oh, it's getting real in here today. Because so often we stick to our preferences rather than biblical principles. So I am challenging us constantly to go back to biblical principles and to put our faith in that, not our agenda, but God's plan. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? Okay, so there's God's plan is this beautiful plan of grace on one side and truth on the other. It's beautiful. It's it's balanced beautifully. Grace and truth. Now you have a lot of theologians, a lot of people in church are like, it's got to be all about grace, man. Grace, you know. And grace is just getting something we don't deserve. And so we focus on that. We say, hey, God is gracious. I can just keep on sinning, do whatever I want. There's no consequences. Whatever. I can go sleep with another woman that's not my wife. I'm okay. God forgives me. You know what? I can go murder somebody. It's okay. God God will forgive me. I can... Now, what Paul says in Romans is don't continue to sin so that grace may abound. That's grace. That's one side. The other side of that equation is you have truth. Where God says in Matthew chapter 5, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's a command to you and I. I've never fulfilled that command, so what do I do with that? Because that's biblical truth. So how do I balance that with grace? Well, I can't, but He can. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He can do that, and we'll unpack what that looks like. Because this is the gospel message in its entirety. You see, what God does is He takes our sin, He takes our junk, He takes our crap, He takes all of it, and He forgives us. Yet there's still consequences to our actions, aren't there? If you murdered somebody, there's consequence. If you went outside the marriage bed, there's consequence. If you take an action that's outside of God's principles and rely on your preferences, you will see God's truth in action every time, no matter whether you play the God card or not. Now, some of us, we use the God card as the best way of using God's name in vain today. Not saying, oh my God, in a sentence, but to go, well, God told me. When we know for fact, 
we can then get away with whatever we want when we say that. You know, we, we give ourselves permission. And so let me just start this morning by telling you that God has a perfect balance between grace and truth. More than any of us will. Some of us, we want truth, 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 truth. You know, we want, we want to be, you know, actions and reactions for people who do things. And then there's us that are going, no, we just love peace and happiness, man. And God's going, I see it all. I want both for my people. And so what I want to say this is trust His plan, not your plan. Look at this next clip here. No, Agent Sadowski, something I noticed about fishing never works out so well for the bait. Sir, we've got some trafficking coming. Looks like a sightseeing helicopter. Unit 2, get an eyeball on that chopper. Agent Michaels, get FAA flight plans and authorization records on that craft. That's not Mr. Howe. I want to know who it is. I got him. He's going from the north. Gates, are you with me? Well, I'm sure not against you, if that's what you're asking. Edison needed only one way to make a light bulb. Sound familiar? Stop it there. 
Thanks, Matt. So, if you haven't seen the movie, here's what's happening, okay? And basically, he finally talks to the FBI, and there's coming up with this new plan, this new idea, and, you know, the bad guy has his girlfriend and, and another friend of his, and he has to realize he's got to follow through with this other plan. And it might not seem like the best plan. He's got to do something that maybe even seems almost unethical in the movie to do this. Well, if you listen back to the history between him and his dad, they've got relationship issues, they've got family issues, the Gates family in this movie, they're known as the crazies, like the ones with all the conspiracy theories. Now, I know it's just a movie. We don't talk about conspiracy theories in our world today. But his dad and him, they had been looking for this treasure for a long time. There was a lot of pain in the relationship before they did it, and here he is, and he's close, but he's really trying to do this to protect, again, the declaration. That's why he escaped the FBI, not because he didn't want to you know, do the right thing he really thought he was at that time. I think what happens, though, is we have to always, in our life, this is a movie, we have to surrender our plan to His. Because when God interrupts plans, He increases purpose. Okay? Did you catch that? When He interrupts your plan, He's increasing purpose in your life. How many have been interrupted recently? Why? Because He wants you to know Him on a deeper level. He wants you to see Him at work in a whole new way. And so let Him show you that. See, God sometimes in your life, He will use sin and pain to do remarkable things for His kingdom. Okay? Not for us, but through us. For Him. And, uh, you know, us as a church, you know, we had a great block party last week, and thank you to all who helped. And if we can just give a huge hand to, to Monica, who oversaw the whole thing last week. She did a great job. She's in K5. And so many of you that stepped in and, and helped. And forgive me all the husbands that went home with kittens that day. I didn't know that was happening. So my phone lit up. I hate you. No. We all have those issues. We all go through different things. We're, we're a church though. We are open to people who have brokenness. You know, that's part of the plan sometimes that God uses is He uses our brokenness. He uses sinful people. I don't want to go to church that's filled with sinful people. I said last week, and there's room for more. You know, period. And so we have this thing where I think we think sometimes we've got to fit a mold or we have to look a certain way. And I just want you to know that you're not going to find that here and you shouldn't find that anywhere in Christianity. Anything less than that is not the truth of the gospel message. God meets you right where you need to be met. All the time, every time, without fail. Now I'll give you a great example for those of you who know some of my story. I, I didn't become a believer in Christ until I was 17. And then I went into Bible college. Had no, I had no desire to do what I'm doing. This was not even a thought to be a pastor. I hated going to church, man. Like I, I hated it. And I did not want to go to church, you know? And, and uh, God has a funny way of getting you in church. Doesn't He'll make you a pastor if you say that. So, careful. Well, I'm in this class called Old Testament Theology, and it I was all over my head, and so I'm talking to my girlfriend at the time, who I did marry, and I said, I don't know what I'm doing here. All these people, they've grown up in churches. I've never like been in church this long. I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I, I seriously don't. And she goes, let me help you, and she gives me this box, let me know the story, of children's books. Bible children's books, and I'm locking my door of my dorm room because I was embarrassed that that's how I was learning Bible. I didn't start in the Bible. I started with kids' books, man, you know? And and it was how God was getting a hold of my heart at the time. He's going to get a hold of your heart in a different way. 
You see, one of the most controversial questions that has been asked in today's world is, who is the church for? Is the church for Christians or is the church for non-Christians? And this to me, though, there's been a lot of debate. It seems like a real simple answer to me that it's both. And I don't know why it wouldn't be. The church is made up of Christians and and then exists to build them up. But the church made up of Christians exists to reach those who are far from God. Guess what? That doesn't mean in the building in these four walls. You're the church. So that's our calling. Just as I'm reading these children's books back at college, I remember my roommates not judging me when they found out. They're like, man, that's awesome. How can I help? How can I walk along? What about that person that comes up to you and they share like a big, you know, secret sin issue or they share something that has been really difficult for them? Are we going to be like, uh, no, I can't deal with that? Are we going to say, hey, let's meet. Hey, can we talk? Hey, I've walked through this. Hey, how can I help? How can I be the church, not just do church? Because if we do church and we don't be the church, then we're really not the church. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? Come on this morning. All right, so all people, ready for this, Christian or not, are broken and sinful. But I gave my life to Christ, man. I've been perfect for 20 years. God forgives liars too, okay? I'm just saying. Okay? The church is for both. However, however, churches that say no to unchurched people, that's a hypocrisy to the message of the gospel of Christ. So we will always have room for one more. There will always be room at the table for somebody who doubts. There will always be room at the table for somebody who has a sin issue. We will not say no to anybody. See, let's not engage with those who are fine, but those who know they're not fine. You know, I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's my responsibility here, to be very honest with you, to fill anybody's cup. When, one thing, when we were early on in the church, I don't hear this more as much more today, but early on as a church, one of the things I would hear as a pastor so often was, oh, I gotta go somewhere, pastor, where I can get fed. And oh, it took everything in me by the power of the Holy Spirit not to slap that person. Don't ever say that to me. I will slap you. And, and here's why. I'll let the Holy Spirit do it. This is going to be a lot harder. But, but here's why. Because you've heard the old adage, you know, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a day. Or, or, or give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. And so, you know, this old proverb, it's so true. And I look at this and, and, and it's like, I don't know that, you know, your babies are spoon fed. Adults learn to feed themselves. So let me just say this. Pastor, you said it wasn't going to be very heavy today. That's as heavy as we're going to get in a little bit. I don't feel like it's my responsibility here to feed you. Oh, you're the pastor. Okay, so let me explain. I don't feel it's my responsibility to fill anyone's cup, but I'm responsible to empty mine. There's a difference. Are you emptying yours? Can I give you just kind of really crass and disgusting illustration with this that you're not going to like? <laughs> Says the youth guy. When he goes through puberty, he's not going to want me to do this. But <laughs> we're called to pour out our cup and other. Now, I'm gonna, this is really gross. This is how I think of it. I'm sorry if you guys are watching online right now. Just, just mute the button. You, you can mute at home. They can't hear. You know what I picture this, honestly? No joke, okay? You're just, just keep composed for a moment. Is when you have to go to the bathroom really, really bad. And it hurts so bad. 
that you're, you're like crying, okay? I don't know how, but somehow the urine like went up the track all the way to your eye ducts. That's those tears, you know? They're a little tainted. And you gotta go, like you will do anything to find a way to go and, you know. I think about this the same way. Is that if we are so spiritually fat, who are we leaving anorexic right now? Because if we are that filled on spiritual groceries, there's some that are poor. Let's share them. Let's bring them around. Okay? Let's start walking towards messes, not away. Let me show you this next scene here. Very cute man. Thank you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. Abigail Chase. Paul Brown. Nice to meet you. Bill. Nice to meet you, Bill. How may I help you? Well, your accent. Pennsylvania Dutch? Saxony German. Oh. <laughs> You're not American? Oh, I am an American. I just wasn't born here. Please don't touch that. Sorry. A neat collection. George Washington's campaign buttons. You're missing the uh, 1789 inaugural, though. I found one once. That's very fortunate for you. Uh, you told my assistant that this was an urgent matter? Ah, yes, ma'am. Well, I'm going to get straight to the point. Someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's true. I think I'd better put you gentlemen in touch with the FBI. We've been to the FBI. And? They assured us that the Declaration cannot possibly be stolen. They're right. My friend and I are less certain. However, if we were given the privilege of examining the document, we would be able to tell you for certain if it were actually in any danger. What do you think you're going to find? We believe that there's an encryption on the back. An encryption like a code? Yes, ma'am. Of what? A cartograph. A map? Yes, ma'am. A map of what? The location of, <clears throat> of hidden items, of historic and intrinsic value. A treasure map? That's where we lost the FBI. <laughs> You're treasure hunters, aren't you? We're more like treasure protectors. Mr. Brown, I have personally seen the back of the Declaration of Independence, and I promise you the only thing there is a notation that reads, Original Declaration of Independence, Independence dated, dated 4 of July, 1776. Yes, ma'am. But no map. <laughs> what led you to assume there's this invisible map? We found an engraving on the stem of the 200-year-old pipe. Owned by Freemasons. May I see the pipe? We don't have it. Did Bigfoot take it? It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. You know, that really is a nice collection. Must have taken you a long time to hunt down all that history. Yes, just came for you. I hope it's not from Stan. 
for the woman who has everything else. Thanks for listening. Paul Brown. many realize how hard it was for them to just tell people that somebody was going to steal the declaration? You know, if you've seen the movie, you know, like, one of my favorite scenes, which I don't have a clip for you, is when the FBI agents get together and they start talking about it. And the FBI agent says, well, uh, sir, uh, and he's kind of under his breath, like, we, we just failed as an FBI guy. He goes, uh... Yeah, we got a tip on this the other day. You remember that scene? And and Sadesky goes, well, why wasn't it reported? Uh, we didn't think it was credible. How about now? You know, like, you know, he steals the declaration and takes it. And I think when I look at this scene, here's what I'm reminded of is how many times, and think about your life, think about your actions, think about the churches you've been in, think about your life as a Christian, or maybe you're not even having to made an acceptance to Christ yet, but whatever your walk of faith has been, Has it been hard? Like, has it been that hard to receive the gospel message at places? Because sometimes, I'll tell you what, man, you go to churches and unless you dress a certain way or say a certain thing or do a certain thing, it's hard. And I just want this to be easy. I think we should make the gospel presentation the easiest thing in the world to say, here's Jesus, He's here for you, He died for you, He's resurrected, and He's coming again. Can I hear a good amen? That's it, okay? It's that simple. It's that simple. Acts chapter 15, verse 19, Paul writes this. He says, or Luke writes this, excuse me. He says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. You and I are Gentile. Gentiles, anyone who's not of Jewish heritage. We, like, do you ever realize the humor in the Bible? Like, this is just common sense. Something we seem to be lacking this year, okay? But common sense, that's not funny, that's true, all right? So, you laugh, but I'm just speaking the truth. All right, so this is quoting James, actually, and James is the brother of Jesus, and Jesus, I mean, Jesus and James, they knew each other, and here he is, the brother of Christ being quoted by Luke in the book of Acts, saying, you know, we should probably make this easy. Duh! Yes! Why do we make it so hard? Well, Pastor Chris, I'd like to serve in your church, but I haven't gone through membership. I don't care. Well, Pastor Chris, I want to serve coffee, but I haven't made a decision to follow Christ yet. I don't care. I'm going to care about you, and I want you to do that someday. But if you have to be a Christian to serve coffee, we got something messed up here in the church, okay? Seriously. Well, Pastor Chris, you know what? Um, I'm not good enough to lead. Well, that's not the voice of God, so let's try to teach how to listen to the right voice. And let's build confidence, not in yourself, not confidence, but let's call it Godfidence, that He's got in you, and He wants for you, and He has for you. What if we turn it around? It's that simple. So, let's be an on-ramp always for people searching. Because what they've seen too much is just the truth without love. Or grace without realizing there's truth. You have to have both. They have to be married to each other. The gospel message doesn't work. There is a hell and there's a heaven. I don't like that, Pastor. I don't either. I'm just sharing the truth. The gospel is offensive. Let's not make it any more offensive. Let me just give you a few things here that I'm, I want to invite you to write down if you'd like today, just in the remainder of our time. And these are just principles. 
And basically, it's just four principles, real simple, real simple, of spiritual growth that are remarkably consistent across time and culture. So write these down. If you're going, how do I go to the next place in my faith? I don't care if you've been saved for, you know, 50 years or if you're new to the faith. This is it. This is real, just real simple, nice package deal here for us this morning. And so just six practical teachings, um, or excuse me, practical, five, I'm sorry, five, four, six, I'm getting all confused here. I have five, let me say that again, five, all right? There could be a hundred, but these are five. First, practical teaching, practical teaching, put yourself under the teaching of somebody else. If you are the smartest one in the room, you are in the wrong room. I'll let you think about that for a minute, Okay. I love, you know, last week we did Fresh Start and Deeper, and, and I missed the Deeper, but I'm loving the Fresh Start with, with some new people new to the faith, and we're having a great time just discussing. But what I love about Deeper is I walk in there, and I listen, and I hear from other conversations. I realize real quick I'm not the smartest one in that room. And, and I'll tell you what, continue to do that. Put yourself under biblical teaching. It doesn't have to be me. You can find biblical teaching anywhere. However, be really careful to discern if it's really biblical teaching. Okay, my wife loves dorky chick flicks. Any, anybody? Okay. I don't really have any for you this month at the movie. She likes dorky. I like some, like if Nicolas Cage is in them. But, alright. Okay, what's the one with him and the lottery ticket lady? Remember that one? What? It can happen to you. Thank you. That, that, that's the first time I ever saw Nicolas Cage. My wife, though, likes, you know, like, kind of like Hallmark style movies, but not Hallmark. And she'll be watching these on Netflix. And she's like, oh, this just seems so great. It seems like a faith story. And then she gets to the end of it, and she's like, they didn't really talk about Jesus, but all of a sudden they're talking the number to the Book of Mormon. You know, like, okay. We want to put ourselves under biblical teaching, under Christian teaching. Be careful because there's somebody out there who loves you, and there's somebody out there that wants to destroy you all the time. Non-stop. You can't ride the fence. Okay, It's either you're for God or living against Him. And he knows that he wants us. And, and we don't do any good riding the fence. Because what happens when we ride the fence? We get, we get splinters in bad places. A little mental image for you. Number two out of five. I got my math right there time. that time. Private disciplines. There's a direct correlation between a person's private devotional life and his or her personal faith. If the only time you're getting spiritual groceries is Sunday morning, you're spiritually starving to death. Make it a time. There's so much out there today from podcasts to Bible apps to prayer to pastors online that are phenomenal communicators, awesome times of worship, times of just solitude, going outside and joining the fall colors right now, all of that. Where it's your relationship with God. You know, just that private time between you and Him. Number three out of five, personal ministry. Take risks in life, in ministry. You know, like I said, if you ever hear that, well, Pastor Chris, I'm not good enough to to do this. I'm going to tell you right now, we have a lot of need right now in our church. Pastor Derek and I, we are nothing special. No offense, Derek. But we have been trying as desperately as we can through this COVID junk and through everything the last six months to hold this together and survive. I'm tired of surviving. I want us to thrive again as a church. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to just survive. We're called to thrive. We can't do that by ourselves. 
Okay, We are called not to be doers, but we are called to be developers. And we walk alongside you to equip you to do the works of the ministry. Well, what does that look like? Your pastor, believe it or not, has no desire to lead worship for you. Zero. I love my guitar outside at home with just me and Jesus. I'm not that good. It's not really like my thing. I like sharing the word and digging in and I dork out in nerdy biblical stuff. That's the, I love that. Okay? Our, our former worship leader, we bless them. We bless them. They're helping their brother now with, with their church. And so we're looking. We're going, okay, God, what do you have? You're, you're stuck with me for a little while. So maybe you're going, well, I can lead. I can help. You know? But then you get these little voices. Well, I'm not good enough for... I can't play electric guitar like Mark can. Well, I can't either. Join the club. But you can start somewhere or say, Hey, would you help me? Mark's a phenomenal guy. Phenomenal man of God. You know? I've learned a lot from him and just watching and observing. And I'll tell you what, he would be honored to help you. We didn't have a drummer today. Man, maybe you're like... Maybe all you got is pots and spoons. We'll start there. Okay. We're not going to put you up here yet, but we'll, 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 we'll start somewhere. Derek right now is back working three computers and looking like he's got a Ponzi scheme thing going on back there, okay? Like, and uh, for those of you that don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, just say amen because you'd just be grateful because back in the early 2000s, that just messed everybody's world up. And so we're looking for people that go, man, this is my gift, okay? If God's speaking to us to be a thriving church, he's speaking to you as well. So what is it? Maybe you're going, man, I just want to hug kids. I want to say hi to people coming in. Man, we want to... Maybe you're like, I know how to make coffee. You know, Amanda was making coffee this morning. I told her, I said, I've never made coffee in the church. Not one time. Because if you want me to make it, you'll never drink it again. You won't. So we're all gifted in different areas. What's your personal ministry? Jump in. Maybe you're going, I don't want to do something in the church. I want to lead a small group or I want to do outreach. Monica does that. She's a great part of the community. We, there's so much good happening right now. Join in. Be a part of it. Don't miss out on what God wants. And here's what I want to say. We will never make you, force you, or feel guilty in, in giving or serving in this church. We want it to be something that God puts on your heart. But here's what I want to say. Don't ignore it. Because what we want to do is we want to utilize your gift, not use you as a person. Okay? That's, that's really our, our mantra. And you can ask Derek. I brainwashed him with that speech. Number four out of five. Personal relationships. Okay, so we've got practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, not personal relationships. You have to have relationships with like-minded people. When I became a Christ follower, all of a sudden my friends shifted. They changed. I didn't lose like my other friends that weren't Christ followers or didn't go to church, but all of a sudden I had a lot of friends that went to church. What I want for you is I want you to find your best friends here. Okay? Or in church or in faith. That's, that's my desire. Sometimes the simplest way of growing in your faith is by finding new friends. Not getting rid of the old. I'm not saying that. But I hear countless times, Pastor, I just need somebody in my life that I can walk through that gets this. That's what we're here for. We need that. Okay? Isolation the last six months has been one of the worst things for mankind in all of history. We have suicides up 30%. We have mental health issues up over 33%. And our, why? Because we're all isolated. Like that's, that should be a no-brainer for all of us. Okay? We need relationship. Last one. Pivotal circumstances. Those crisis moments. Those moments that show your faith. Just a truthful fact. This is just a fact. 33% national average of the church has not returned and according to Barna Research will not. One third of the church from last February of 2020 to today has left the building. And online for good. Praise God. And here's why. 
I want them to serve Christ, but and I tell you what, what God's doing right now is He's revealing through these circumstances where I stand in my faith. And I'll praise Him. I miss those people. Yeah, I do. But I've got to meet a lot of new faces and God's doing something new in us right here, right now. And the fact that you're here, you're listening online, shows that you have faith and you haven't given up. So can we give God praise for that? Come on. The goal is discipleship. Okay? And the goal is growing in your faith. So let me just say this. There, there's one last clip. I'm not going to play for you right now. But, but in this last clip, and maybe you've seen the movie. I don't want to give it away. But you see Nicolas Cage. And he's sitting next to, next to Sadesky, the FBI agent. And how many remember when they're sitting in front of that church, like on that little altar? Do you remember that part? And they're sitting, they're having that conversation. And Sadesky goes, well, did you find the treasure? And Nicolas Cage's character says, well, Sadesky, won't give it away. And uh, you can figure it out. And Sadesky says, well, somebody's got to go to prison, Ben. And Nicolas Cage's character goes, well, I think I might have a solution for you. And the bad guy, he, they give him a bad clue, and he's over at this other church, and you see just, you know, them just infiltrate and just take him to prison. And Nicolas Cage stands, I, see, I do, I love Nicolas Cage, but he's just standing in the doorway, and he's like, you know, and I, I, just, I love that at the end of the movie. Let me just end with this story. Because we're talking about truth and we're talking about grace and how only God can balance that. And He has a plan for us. We need to lead on biblical principle, not on our own preferences. We've got to tie that together in walking and growing in our faith. Let me just give you one starting element. Either you need to realize this, know this, live this, and accept this, or you need to share this. There's no other option. Okay? So this is your challenge today. Let me give you a story that I want you to share with others. This is a story of Garcia. Some of you know it. Okay? Garcia was king over this land. And Garcia had people that loved him. He had this great, great kingdom. However, and he was a great king. However, there was a problem. People had been stealing food out of the pantry, you know, of the palace. And so Garcia comes up with this law. He says, hey, here's the deal. We're done with that. He says, whoever steals again out of my pantry is going to be publicly whipped. And they're, I mean, the whole place is like, okay, yeah, we agree. So for months and months and months, nobody's stealing out of the pantry, duh. You know, they're not doing it. They stopped. And he's looking like the greatest king that had ever lived. Well, Garcia is just minding his business, and his guys come up to his kingsmen come up to Garcia, and they say, hey, Garcia, we got some good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? And he's like, right, tell me the good news. He goes, hey, we learned that somebody had been, you know, back in the pantry stealing food, but we caught the person. He's like, yes! He goes, well, what's the bad news? The kingsmen say to Garcia, they say, it's actually your, your elderly grandmother that was doing it. And Garcia's faced with this crazy, crazy decision that I don't ever want to be faced with. Where he has a choice to make. Does he show his elderly grandmother truth? Like, does he have her publicly whipped, knowing that she's going to die if he does that? Or... Does he go back on his word and his promise literally means nothing? Garcia says, go through with it. And so they get his elderly mother, they tie her to a pole, they get ready to publicly whip her. The kingsmen have the whip in hand. They're standing there. Everybody's watching. And they get ready to whip Garcia's elderly grandmother. And as soon as with the whip in hand, Garcia says, stop. Stop right now. He says, don't you dare touch her. And he walks down. And he ties himself to that pole. And he says, it has to happen. 
penalty still does, but I want her to be free. I can't tell you a simpler message of the gospel of Christ than that. That's Jesus. He steps in the way for you and I so that the penalty of sin and death is now with Him and we get the freedom to walk. If you've never said yes to Him, say yes to Him today. Just text our number. Just say yes. We'll pray with you. Okay? If you have, then it's your turn to share this story with somebody else. We're over a couple minutes. Let me pray for you. And then I'm headed to Mansetti's with whoever's heading over there with me. If you are heading over to Mansetti's with us and we don't know yet... Um, Heather, would you wave your hand high in the air? That's my wife, my beautiful wife, who I love. That's my better two-thirds, who is the brains behind everything here. Um, make sure to let her know if you are joining us. If you already told me, I know that. But if you haven't yet, let her know just to make sure we have food for you. We're going to order some pizzas and have some drinks available. Let me pray for you. What's your next step? Here it is. Either say yes to Christ. You're going to tell somebody that Garcia story. Okay, or in your own words. Or get involved. Come be part of one of our small groups throughout the week. The women's group Tuesday, the youth, the deep, or the fresh start Wednesday night. Or if you're going, none of those float my boat. Well, what's one that you want to lead? Let us know. You want to get involved, whether it's worship team, tech, kids ministry, saying hi, making coffee. Let us know. Let Pastor Derek or myself know. You don't have to be a member. You don't. Just, you can start anywhere here, okay? God, I thank you for this group of people here today. Would you bless them? Bless our families. Bless our time together. Lord, I thank you that this morning we could worship you and we could honor you. Have your way in our hearts throughout this week. Lord, I pray that anyone here that came in with heaviness on their shoulders can leave feeling free. God, because you sent your Son so that whoever believes, Lord Jesus, will not perish but has everlasting life. God, and then you say further on in that same book in John chapter 10 that you called to have, give us life and life to the fullest. May we experience that today and through this week. We pray in your name, Jesus, and we all sit together. Amen. Amen. Hey. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.